Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome again to Anointed and Appointed Word Ministries with Brother Norman Woodard. I am Brother Norman, and I'll be sharing Anointed and Appointed Word that will change, challenge, and charge your character to make an impact in this world for the kingdom of God, now Father in heaven. I'd like to say special thanks to Bishop-elect Stephen and Ann Butterfield, who allows me to come before you every Saturday morning and break bread with you. Amen. They have a program which comes on every Saturday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're also the assistant pastors at Light of the World Christian Tabernacle International in Stockbridge, Georgia, where the leaders are Archbishop Ruth W. Smith, and the senior pastor is Pastor Pastor Oshabar Hartman, Lady E. Hartman. They have services every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m. And 10 a.m. begins their worship service. They have Bible studies every Wednesday. Actually, every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, you can call into this number, 917-388-4161, and listen to their Bible study live. And they also have Bible studies every Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Light of the World, Christian Tabernacle International in Stockbridge, Georgia. You can catch them on Facebook, YouTube, and their website is comingtothelight.org. That's comingtothelight.org. Well, I thank you once again for calling in. Before we get into the word, we're going to hear a song. Amen.
Hallelujah. Victory belongs to you, Jesus. For everything that you did, conquering sin, defeating hell and the grave, Destroy death. Not that death doesn't happen. But one thing that was destroyed is the fear of death. David said it like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Victory belongs to Jesus. There have been games where I played, whether it was baseball, football, basketball, whatever. But if we knew that the team that we were about to play had no chance, no chance to beat us. We, we we knew that we already had the victory. There, there's a different mindset going into that game. There's a confidence. There's a knowing. There's an understanding that no matter what happens, we've already won. That's what Jesus did for us. This life that we live, all Jesus wants us to do is have that winning mindset, that understanding of we've already won, that that confidence of being victorious. Because he's already done it for us. All we have to do is walk in. Victory belongs 
to Jesus. And because victory belongs to Jesus, it also belongs to us. Because that's who he did it for. He did it for us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the victory. Well, thank you once again for calling in. Somebody somebody need to say that this morning. Victory belongs to Jesus. Therefore, victory belongs to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So whatever you're facing, it doesn't matter. Already won. You've already won. The victory is already yours. All you have to do is accept it. Believe it. Walk in it. Thank you, Father. Come on, go ahead and get into the word, man. Coming out of the book of Psalms, Psalm 32nd chapter, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 32nd chapter, verses 1 and 2. And it reads, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Read it again. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Title of the message this morning is No Guile, No Guilt. No Guile, No Guilt. Let us pray. Father, thank you, Lord, once again for watching over us as we lay down and rest before you. Thank you, Father, for charging your angels to be kept around about us, protecting us, keeping us in that care, God, watching over us, finding off all the fiery darts of the enemy. And thank you, Father, for waking us up this morning to see another glorious day that you have made. For we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father, for 
allowing us to come into your presence once again, to sit at your feet, God, to rest on your lap, to lay on your bosom, Father, to hear your heartbeat, to receive what you will have to say to us this morning, to go out into this world and do what you called us to do. Thank you, Father, for your word, your word that saves, your word that heals, your word that delivers, your word that sets free, Father, those who are bound and captive in what we call sin. Thank you for your son, Jesus, for sending him, God, to be the propitiation for our sins. Thank you for allowing him to Go to the cross, Father, taking the sins of the world, dying on the cross, Father. And, Father, thank you for even allowing him to go to hell for us, God. Thank you, Father, for not leaving him, leaving him in hell, Father, but raising him up on the third day, God. After he had taken the keys of hell from Satan and raising Jesus up with all power in his hands, hallelujah, giving him the victory, Father. And thank you, Father, for receiving Jesus into heaven with this sinless, precious, conquered blood seated on your right hand. Thank you for Holy Spirit, our guide, our teacher, our comforter. And thank you for you, Almighty God, our Father. Thank you for considering us for creating us, Father, for calling us your own. Now, Father, we receive your word. Help us to apply to our lives, to make it personal, God, to go out into this world and do what you called us to do. We thank you and we praise you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for the victory, Father the victory that we have in Jesus. We thank you and we praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. No guile, no guilt. Verse 2 says, Blessed is the man And we know that man is universal, meaning male and female. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. No guile. Guile means to be crafty or deceitful 
cunning. Duplicity. Duplicity is contradictory doubleness of thought, speech, or action, especially relying on one's true intentions. To give a false impression of, to disguise. That's what gal means. To have evil intentions. To be deceitful or crafty or cunning. As it mentioned about the serpent in the garden, how the serpent was cunning, it said subtle, Genesis, the third chapter. Verse 1 says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field the Lord had made. Said he was more subtle. And he said unto the woman, yea, had God said Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. That's one thing about the truth. Is we all know the truth. We all know the truth. But everybody either can't accept the truth. I don't believe the truth. Knowing the truth is one thing, but accepting it and believing it is another thing. We may know the truth, but if if someone comes and feeds Our unbelief Then we will accept That To be As some people say My truth Replacing the truth with my truth. But the Bible says, let God be truth. And every man be a liar. 
So if 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 we know that God has established truth, whatever someone else says, it doesn't change the truth. The truth means that there's only one truth. Not a truth. But the truth. John even said it like this. The truth. Shall make you free. The truth. Shall make you free. I am the way. The truth. And. The life. John 8 chapter. John 8 chapter. Verse 31 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word. Emphasis on if. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth, the truth you know, shall make you free. If you believe it, if you accept it, the truth shall make you free. Go back to Psalm, Psalm 32nd chapter. It says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. sin is covered. Well, how do we know if our transgression is forgiven and our sin is covered? Let's go to verse 5. Verse 5 says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. This is David speaking. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. My iniquity 
have I not hid? I hid unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Salah. So, how can our transgression be forgiven? We have to confess our transgressions. That's what David said. David said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, to the Lord. Not to a man or a woman. A lot of people say, I have to make my confessions. Okay, if if I'm confessing to someone, who is that person confessing to? Paul for a reason. Confessing my sins. Who is that person confessing their sins to? David said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. What he did. Psalm 51. This is true confession. There's a prayer in St. Matthew. Call it the Lord's Prayer. St. Matthew, the The sixth chapter. And it's also in Luke. Some people call it the Lord's Prayer. It's not actually the Lord's Prayer. It's an example of the Lord teaching us how to pray. The Lord's Prayer is actually in John 17 chapter. I, I challenge you to read it. John, the 17th chapter. That's the Lord's Prayer. But in, in St. Matthew, the 6th chapter, in verse 9, it reads, after this manner, a lot of people look over these these words. It says, after this manner, therefore pray ye. After this manner means just like this, or 
in a way like this. It's an example of how to pray. So after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. And and how many people actually say this? Even though they may say it's the Lord's Prayer. How many people actually recite this, say this word for word? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A lot of people say they took praying, but they referring to this. This was an example to show us how to pray. So I say that to say in Psalm. 51st chapter This is David Confessing So it, it gives us An example Of how to confess He said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. But first he said, verse 5, I acknowledged my sin. Have to do that first. Said, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. And mine iniquity have I not hid. There's that gap. He's not hiding his sin. He's he's not being deceitful. He's not being cunning. He's not being crafty. He said, I, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Salah. 
So let's look at it. Psalms 51. Verse 1. And it reads, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression. There it is. I acknowledge it. I accept it. I take responsibility of it. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Can't get away from it. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. This is true confession. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and sin did my mother conceive me. A lot of people say, born a certain way. And if that's true, and I say even if that's true because right here David said, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me, the mother of all living. He and because of Adam, where the first seed came from, because of their sin, everybody that was born has been shaping in iniquity and conceived in sin. So even if someone believes they were born a certain way, let me tell you this before I continue. St. John, the third chapter. John, the third chapter. And it read in verse 
start at verse verse three. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, now we know that's not possible. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. No matter what someone says, what someone believes, After they've been born. No matter what they've learned. Or no matter what they've accepted to be their truth. The bottom line is. Verse 7. Marvel not. That I said unto thee. Ye must be born again. No one can get around that. Just wanted to point that out. That settles it to me. So even if someone says or believes, they were born a certain way. Still must be born again. That don't mean you got to stay that way. But if someone choose to stay the way that they believe that they were born, that means that they're living in sin. Because here in Psalm 51st chapter, verse 5, it says, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. So everyone is born a sinner. I don't care how cute they look. Everyone is born a sinner. And once they get to the age of understanding, that they live a life of sin 
Thank you, Lord. I just, I just, I just heard the Lord say this. We all been born to be born again. Wow, that's powerful. Everyone that has been born has been born to be born again. So everyone has the opportunity to confess, to acknowledge, to admit that they're sinners. Verse 5 is, Behold, I was shaping iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. In the inward parts and hidden parts. That means that they're not being crafty. They're not being deceitful. They're not being cunning. They're not giving a false impression. They're not disguising anything. They're not belying their true intentions. They're confessing. There's no guile. It says, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Be not away from thy presence and take not Thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. This is true confession. Let's go to Romans. Romans 10. Romans 10, verse Starting at verse 8. Romans 10, starting at verse 8. And it reads, But what saith it? 
The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if, there's a condition again, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There must be a confession. The transgression That someone has committed. And verse 11 says. For the scripture says. Whosoever believeth on him. Shall not be. Ashamed. And why is that? Because there's no guile. There's no trickery. There's no deceitfulness. There's no craftiness. There's no cunningness. There's no false impression or disguising. And where there's no guile, there's no guilt. That's why I said, for the scripture has said, whosoever believeth on him shall not be a shame. Romans 8 chapter. Verse 1. Says. There is therefore now. No condemnation. To them which are in. Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh. But after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. Had made me free. From the law of sin and death. No condemnation. There is no shame. There is no guilt. Because. There is no guile. No guile, no guilt. Third John two. Third John. If if you go to Revelation and turn back left. Third John two. It reads, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even 
as thy soul prospereth. I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. Even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Truth in Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, which are in truth. There is no God. And where there's no guile, there's no guilt. No guile, no guilt. Walk in the truth. The truth outweighs every other truth. No gal, no truth. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for sending us the truth that if we would just confess our transgression and receive your truth Father the truth of Jesus coming into this world living a sinless life and going to the cross with the sins of the world being crucified, tortured, being put to shame, And because of what he did, gives us access to you. For there is therefore now no condemnation, no shame, no guilt, because there is no guile.
thank you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. No guile, no guilt. Love you. God bless you. Talk to you next week. Anointed and appointed word ministries with Brother Norman Wood. Victory belongs to Jesus. Therefore, victory belongs to me. <laughs>